Blog Talk Radio. Oh. And for some reason, we just got the Blog Talk Radio twice, and I'm not exactly sure why that is. But anyway, that being said, here we are. And you'll see some of those people in the NHL next year. But in all likelihood, you won't see the guys for two or three years. In fact, last year, the, the Islanders' picks of Oliver Wallstrom and Noah Dobson, you probably won't see for probably – Dobson you may see next year, but unlikely at best. And then Wallstrom just joined the Bridgeport AHL team, and I would be shocked if you would be able to see him next year. So while we could go into over and over and over again, how many picks the NHL draft is, and we might pick them today, tomorrow, whatever. It is unlikely that you will see them next year. It's probable that you won't see them the year after. So we don't generally go into the NHL draft for that very reason. You're not going to see these guys for two or three years. And by the time you do see these guys, you're already past it. You're into the next draft. So, we don't do an NHL draft preview, probably because we'd be even more wrong than we are on any other draft. So before the, before the draft preview, and we'll get into that in a little bit, we did have a huge trade this week, huge trade in the, in the NBA, and it was Anthony Davis. And for those that are not longtime listeners to the show, I am a Knicks fan. That's is a Brooklyn Nets fan. And we both thought at one point that Anthony Davis may go to either one of those two teams or the Celtics. And the Celtics probably had the best resources. They had Jason Tatum. They certainly had the best resource if you were just looking at one resource. Definitely the best in Jason Tatum. But the Celtics are going to be reeling. And they already are from Kyrie Irving probably leaving, going to New Jersey or Brooklyn, excuse me, it's not the New Jersey Nets anymore. My mistake, the Brooklyn Nets. Al Horford opted out today from his contract, probably to re-sign it for a couple of years at a smaller amount. They have Terry Rozier as a restricted free agent, and they have several other players who are earning either very, very big money or very, very small money. And it would have been very hard for them to cobble up a trade without putting in either Tatum or Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown is another guy that's a restricted fit. So without that one resource, the Celtics, who were not putting Jason Tatum on the table, along with one of their draft picks, which is the Memphis Grizzlies' unrestricted draft pick in 2020, were lacking, were, were lacking traits. Um, Trade material. So the Lakers, who last year came up with a huge offer of basically everybody and their mother going to the going to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis, took a seat, looked at what they had. They had an upgrade from the number eleven pick, which they were supposed to have. They were the eleventh best team, and they moved up to the four pick in the 2019 draft, and that gave them another chip. So the Pelicans then went and said, look, this is what I want. 
and the Lakers held strong. They did not want to give up Kyle Kuzma. And knowing what the landscape was, knowing that Anthony Davis was going to be a free agent next year, knowing that they had to take an offer this year because they were not going to deal with Anthony Davis all year, the hoopla and whatnot, knowing that they were getting Zion Williamson with the first pick in the draft on Thursday. They made the best trade that they could. And the trade became Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, the 2019 number four pick, a 2021 first rounder protected, positions nine through 30, which means the only way that the Pelicans will get that pick is if it's in the first through eighth pick, which is very unlikely unless there is a major injury to either LeBron or Anthony Davis. That becomes an unprotected pick in 2022. First round swap rights in 2023. And a 2024 first-round pick with the option to defer in 2025. And the Lakers get Anthony Davis. So let's break this down. Let's break down what the Pelicans got. They got Brandon Ingram, who is a 15-8 and guy coming off an injury, um, an aortic valve injury, similar to a lot of to some other players that had to retire, but also similar to some other players that were able to have surgery and correct. thing about Ingram is he becomes a restricted free agent next year. So he become, he's going to get very expensive. He's about $8 million right now. He likely will be pushing 15 to $20 million. Not this upcoming year, the year after. He is eligible for an extension. Lonzo Ball. Well, with Lonzo Ball, you also get Lamar Ball, and you get to the Ball family. But you get a pass-first point guard that can play extremely good defense. Regardless of all the hoopla that goes around Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball isn't the hoopla. It's everything else. It's LaMelo, LaMiggiangelo, LaVar. Lonzo Ball doesn't open his mouth and has not. He is a pass-first point guard. He reminds me a lot of Jason Kidd in the fact that he plays tremendous defense. And if he could ever develop a jump shot, he will be tremendous. And Jason Kidd, if you recall, did not have a jump shot for the first four to five years and eventually became a knockdown three-point shooter with the Nets. Now, Lonzo Ball, not next year, but the year after becomes very expensive. So for a couple of years, the Pelicans have two guys that are not going to be that expensive. They get Josh Hart. Josh Hart is a 3-and-D guy. He can shoot the three. He plays defense very well straight out of Villanova, a winning program, a solid player. Never going to be an all-star, in my opinion. Just a very solid player. They get the number four pick in the draft this week, and we'll talk about who that may be in a couple of minutes. Now, the 2021 first-round pick, let's talk to what that is. 2021 first-round pick, they get if it is picks one through eight. And, again, we talked about this. The only reason that they would prob- that they would get that is if there is a lot – if there is an injury and thus a lottery. Now, that will become an unprotected pick in 2022. Why is that important? It's important because in 2022, it is likely that the one-and-done rule will be abolished. So you will have – all the freshmen that go to college, 
and all the high schoolers that want to go to the pros. It will be a double dip draft in 2022. And it is an unprotected pick in 2022. So if you feel that there are generally 10 players in the draft that are going to be all-stars or potentially to be all-stars, the lottery selection, you have to think that there will probably be 20 in 2022. That is going to be a huge draft, huge draft. And it will become a very deep draft. Okay. Now, we've talked about swap rights before with the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Boston Celtics, and how that really came to bite the Celtics in the butt. Uh, sorry, bite the Nets in the butt. And basically gave the Celtics a whole lot of leverage. Well, first-round swap rights in 2023 for the Lakers and the Pelicans. And in 2024, they get a first-round pick unprotected. But the best part about that is they also have the option to push that pick at some point. Not That has not been reported when that will be, to 2025. So if, if LeBron is still there in 2024 and playing well, and that is a bad pick, that is in the 20s, and they know that LeBron is, is breaking down or retiring, they can say, you know what, we're going to push this to 2025. And the Lakers get Anthony Davis. So let's talk about what the Lakers get. The Lakers get a top five player in the NBA. There's no mistaking this. He is tremendous. Last five years, 20 and 10. No other player. No other player. People forget how good Anthony Davis really is. Anthony Davis, again, top five player in the NBA. If I'm starting a team, starting a team, I'm taking for the next five years, I'm trying to think if there is any player other than Kawhi Leonard and me, that I would take Anthony. And I'm not really sure there is. The only thing that Anthony Davis does not do well is create his own shot. He will defer on offense. He will play amazing defense. He is a defensive player of the year candidate every single year. Like I said, the only guy for the last five years, 20 and 10. He's averaged 27 points a game, I believe, three times in his career. 27 points a game, ladies and gentlemen. 27 points. So the point being, yeah, the Lakers gave up a lot, and they did especially with the backs against the wall. But everything that the Lakers gave up was speculative. Everything. From all the in the future, both being realized and being good players, You will not get me to say that David Griffin did a bad job because he didn't. David Griffin did a great job for what David Griffin had. But the fact remains, quite simply, that the Lakers did very well for themselves in getting Anthony Davis. They gave up a lot, but everything they gave up was speculative. It looks like we have a caller. You're on with Sean. How can I help Yes, hello. hello. Hey, it's Mitch. 
what, Mitch? I'm calling. We're talking NBA. So, I didn't think that you would call in for NBA. Uh, see, I listen to every show you do, and sometimes there's things that I feel that you may be missing. So what I have am to I missing? call you up for those. The best what am thing I that the Lakers, the best thing that the Lakers got rid of, the best thing that they got rid of was was uh, was Levar Bell Ball. The ball. Lamar he got. Ball. They got. Lamar. They got him out of their sphere of influence, and the mess that that man creates had shipped that whole mess to New Orleans for them to deal with it in a mid-sized market instead of the mega press core of L.A. Right. So they took away his his megaphone. They got rid of the mess that that man creates anywhere he goes. And and I think that that cannot okay. be overstated and overlooked. Okay, but there are a couple of things going on here. First of all, last year LeVar Ball basically put his head between his legs and didn't say anything. It, it was last yeah. year. But granted, he's, he, he, he was pretty quiet. Number two, his son has never talked, ever. His son has been a perfect player, has been a perfect gentleman on the court and off the court. Now, I do understand you're getting rid of the mess. I get that. But did the Lakers create the mess? The Lakers no. gave him the megaphone. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. Because the Lakers gave him the right to say things. If the Lakers wanted to, they could have put a stop to that right away. They well, could they, have, they he, could he, have been that, he had been that way for years. He had been that way for years, Agreed. though. Agreed. Way before but the here Lakers. You are. But here you are. And you bring – okay, so, I, Mitch, I get you. But let me ask you this. If right. we had a parent that was a blowhard, right? If we had one, which we did. And mm-hmm. I love bringing our mother in. Let's say mom was screaming her head off at every game, right? Mm-hmm. And we are a professional athlete. And my coach calls me in and says, get your mother under control. Well, so you're not going to play. Um. Guess what you and I would do? We would probably get our mother under control. As hard as that would be, we'd get our mother under control. If well, let's, the let's, Lakers let me just say this. Yeah. Let me just say this. That it's not like he was quiet. He just was quiet in L.A. His two sons, what, LaMelo and whoever, they did that whole thing up in Lithuania for the pro thing that they failed miserably at. They tried to get... The, the, yep. Their underground D, their their D league, the the B ball league, um, you know, restarted all of last year. They tried to fund that whole you know mini minor league of whatever they were doing. So it's it's not like he was quiet. He just wasn't super loud in L A. He was doing other stuff that pissed off the NBA and pissed off fans. And his, the chip on his shoulder was enormous. I just think that if this trade. This this is a good I I like the trade and I don't even watch basketball. I think it's a good trade, but I'm also glad that that mouthpiece is getting out of LA. Um yeah, and I know you're talking basketball. Well, you're right. But you look, know it Look, I think you're right. I think that the, look, if there is an ancillary benefit to this for the Lakers, it's that LeVar Ball is no longer there. Course, none whatsoever. That is an ancillary benefit. Certainly not a right. basketball benefit, but definitely an right. ancillary benefit to the whole thing. 
And well, hey, when was the, the Lakers the day, only? When was the when was the Lakers only a basketball team? Well, that's true, and that's part of what I was saying in that the Lakers fed into Lavar Ball, in the fact that they drafted Lonzo Ball, they knew what they were getting, they played into that a hundred percent. Magic Johnson declared Lonzo Ball in his press conference. He said that number two will be up in the rafters. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not fair. You you gave liberty to LeVar Ball. You did. You just did. All right, Mitch, I gotta run because I gotta Later. start our NBA draft preview. All right. NHL forever, baby. NHL forever. Bye bye. You got it. And it looks like we have another caller today. This is two callers. We, I, I don't get two callers in the in the day. You're on with Sean. You got about five minutes because I gotta do an NBA draft preview here. Who's calling? Oh, this, this is Richard from uh, Avalon, New Jersey. I'm down on my, my uh, vacation right now. I fucking hate that LeVar Ball. Absolutely hate LeVar okay. Ball. Awful for the game. Okay. I don't think there's any dispute that people don't like LeVar Ball. I think what Mitch was stating was that the Lakers won the trade or made out better because LeVar Ball is no longer in L.A. And my response to that was that L.A. fed LeVar Ball. So they can't say that they were upset with what he did because they never tried to put a stop to it to begin with. Yeah, one time I went out with uh, him and his wife uh, for dinner, uh, one, one of the kids, and, uh, you know, I fucking, I fucking hated him, you know. He, I tried ass fucking him. Yeah, we can't use that language around here. Thanks so much for calling in. Uh, we can't use that language. So we do appreciate the callers, but the language and, and look, LeVar Ball is who he is, and there are people that are on both sides of the fence. He is a tremendous father. He takes care of his kids. And, look, if that's the way you want to take care of your kids and you want to live through them, if your kids are okay with it, I don't have a problem with what he does. I really don't. He's a mouthpiece for his kids. Right now, uh, his youngest son is going to play in Australia. He was That was decided yesterday, and he moved over there. I, again, I don't have a problem with you being an advocate for your child. I believe that every single parent should be an advocate for their child. Whether they get in the way of that is a different story. And we... we Hello? Okay. So, anyway, it looks like that caller wasn't there. So, anyway, so we're going to start our NBA draft preview here. We know who the first pick in the draft is, right? I mean, it's Zion Williamson, without any hesitation whatsoever. Zion Williamson goes to the Pelicans, and he starts to rebuild. And the, the one thing that I forgot to to mention about this whole entire trade for Anthony Davis is how much this will mess up the Lakers in trading going further. So there is a thing called the Stefan rule, and it was named after Ted Stefan. And that means that you cannot trade back-to-back first-round picks. And the reason is that Ted Stefan, who was the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers back in the 1980s, trade five consecutive first-round picks. Because he was like, I'm going to make the team better now. I don't care about the future. Sold the team, 
and then there it goes. And it looks like we have two callers. You know what, guys? We're, we're, we're just not – we, we don't have time today. So we're going we're gonna to let that go, and we're going to go – and we're going to just keep on the NBA draft today. Uh, thank you so much for calling in. But we will talk to you guys uh, hopefully next week or the week after if you call in. Again, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. But we'll do, we're going to keep with the NBA draft this week, and next week we'll take some more callers. So, so that being said, we have the Lakers are not going to be able to utilize their, trade, their draft picks for trades. You can't remember. You can't trade two consecutive first-round draft picks. So they have tied up their first-round draft picks until 2025. By the way, guys, we're in 2019. So for the next five years, the Lakers cannot trade a first-round because in 2000 in 2019. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's right. Because in 2019, once this this pick is conveyed, in 2020, they can't trade it because in 2021, they may have to give it up. They can't trade the 2022 pick because in case the 2021 pick doesn't convey, it goes over to 2022. They can't trade the 2023 pick because they may have to give up the 2022 pick and they can't give up the 2024 25 picks, at least right now, because they're not sure which one they have to give up to begin with. Yes, very, very confusing, but very true. Cannot trade a first round pick right now unless they get another one until 2025. So, uh, guys, if you keep calling him, I'm, I'm, we're not taking calls for the rest of the show. It's just not going to happen. So, please, guys. We really appreciate you calling in, but, but not today. So uh, if you'd like, you can certainly email uh, Seth and Sean at gmail.com if you have a comment, or you can follow us on Twitter, Seth and Sean, or you can find us on Facebook, Seth and Sean uh, Sports Radio. So either any of those mediums are fine. I'll be happy to take some questions on the air, but I certainly cannot uh, – uh, we're not going to indulge uh, LeVar Ball and, and bad commentary and poor language choices here on the air on the Seth and Sean Sports Radio. So uh, whoever's calling from that 310 area code, I'm just going to keep ignoring the call. So please, we appreciate the calls that our, our faithful listeners, including my brother Mitch, bring in every week. But please, guys, let, let's keep the decorum there. So. We have Zion Williamson as the first thing in the draft. He is the new Anthony Davis. He is the new, the new face of that New Orleans Pelicans franchise. So your, your starting five, most fun to watch in all of the NBA. Talk about league pass material. You have... Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday. That and the four pick, whoever that is. It may be Darius Garland. It may be Cam Reddish. It may be R.J. Hunter. I mean, we'll get to the number four pick, but Zion Williamson, the number one pick, with a bang, 
not even close. You can write this down. You know what? I don't guarantee very much on the show. In fact, I guarantee nothing on the show. Certainly, I don't guarantee that I'll be right on anything. But I will guarantee that Zion Williamson will be the number one pick in the NBA draft come Thursday. And ironically, on Thursday, I'll be on an airplane for the NBA draft. So hopefully, JetBlue does not lose their satellite coverage. So number one pick in the draft, Zion Williamson. Write it down. Number two pick in the draft goes to the Memphis Grizzlies, who are in a rebuilding stage. And they were actually hoping to lose this pick to the Celtics. They owe a pick to the Celtics, top eight protected this year, completely unprotected next year. And, and they were slated for the eighth pick in the draft. So they were under the impression that if I'm going to lose the pick, I might as well lose the eighth pick because I'm in a rebuilding. And all of a sudden, they get the number two pick in the draft. So their, their rebuild gets a shot in the arm with Jay Brandt or John Morant. John Morant, the point guard, going to fill that slot with Michael Conley and look for a lot of trading in the next couple of weeks in anticipation of free agency. Michael Conley being one of those guys. There are many teams, the Celtics, the Jazz, the Bulls, all teams that will be looking for a point guard coming up. And, yes, I even said the Celtics. It would be an interesting, it would be an interesting mix if Michael Conley got there. So let's slate in John Morant for number two. The number three pick in the draft is that the New York Knicks. And you all know I'm a Knicks fan. You all know that I wanted Anthony Davis, but I wasn't giving up that much. I, Seth called me. Well, I called Seth right after the trade was announced, and I said, he asked me if I was disappointed. I said, I would have been much more disappointed had they given up all those assets because he's just not worth all those assets to me, to a team. The Lakers, yes, you have LeBron already. To the Knicks, you don't have a LeBron. You don't have a, you don't have a, a star already. You can't be giving up all those. So, to me, it's R.J. Barrett with a bullet. According to sources, ESPN was told today that the Knicks turned down a trade of number eight and number 10 from the Hawks for the number three pick. I'm not sure number eight and number 10 do anything if you're not getting a free agent. If you're getting a free agent, you know what? You need, you need what the what Golden State is finding out, what the Lakers will find out too. You need young talent that's inexpensive. And number eight and number 10 may get you that. But for the Knicks, who need superstars, they don't need young talent. They have 75 – they don't need cap room. They have the cap room. They have so much young talent. That doesn't mean that they're good talent, but they're certainly talent in Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith, Fred Nick, Frank Nicolita. They have the talent there. They need a superstar. And R.J. Barrett is the closest thing to that superstar. So I have him going – Number three. Now, this is where the draft turns interesting. Number four. Number four is back to New Orleans. So, if you have New Orleans and you have a point guard, and then you have Lonzo Ball, another point guard, but can play off the ball, both him and Holiday could both play off the ball, and you have a Zion Williamson at the four, you kind of need a swing guy. You need a three. 
So I'm going to put Jared Culver in there, who's also a guard, but he's 6'7", and can play big. And he's your swing guy out of Texas Tech. So number five. Number five is to Cleveland. Cleveland needs anything but a point guard, or so they say. I think they are in prime territory to trade this pick. I think they would be very happy with either Darius Garland or Kobe White, the next two picks. So I see somebody, maybe Phoenix, maybe Chicago, trading up to get the point guard that they may want. And I see that being Darius Garland. So I'm putting Garland in here at number five with the thought of that there will be a trade going on. So number six, number six to Phoenix, which may be Cleveland. And if it's Cleveland, it's going to be DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter, who scored 27 points in the final game out of Virginia, a power forward, a guy that is ready to play, not playing in the Colin Sexton place at the point guard. Cleveland's very high on Sexton. I don't think they lose him, and I don't think they give, they give uh, too much in the way of room for another point guard here. So I think that it is going to be DeAndre Hunter who plays right there. And now we're up to number seven. And as soon as I can get my spreadsheet working, that would be helpful. Let's go to here. I think I got it all. Yep, there we go. Okay, number seven is the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns are looking. They have Devin Booker. They need a point guard. It's Kobe White. Kobe White out of North Carolina. Perfect two guard, perfect point guard that plays a combo guard, 6'5", 191. A combo guard that goes along with Devin Booker in, in the backcourt. So Kobe White at North Carolina, number seven to Chicago. Number eight and number 10, both are Atlanta picks. Do they trade up? If they do trade up, who are they, who are they angling for? They're not angling for a Darius Garland. Because Darius Garland would be horrendous for them. They, they have Trey Young. Trey Young is 6'4", 6'5". Darius Garland is 6'2". That is a horrendous backcourt for defensive purposes. So where are you looking when it comes to that? If they're going to package their picks, it's going to be at the five spot or the four spot. It's going to be for Jared Culver. Jared Culver fits very well with a Trey Young. So if you're Cleveland, and you just picked DeAndre Hunter, oh, sorry, at, at the sixth pick. And, and I, I fully believe that one of those picks is going to be traded. If they are traded, they're being traded to Atlanta for 8 and 10. And if you're Cleveland, I think this is perfect for them. They're capped out. They need young talent. And they can look at a 7 and a 10 and swing for the fences. So at the eighth pick, whether it be Cleveland, whether it be New Orleans, whether it be Atlanta, it's going to be Cam Reddish for me. Cam Reddish, he's got the most talent left, but you're not sure what you're getting with him. You're just not. So you take a swing. Okay, Washington. Washington is in horrendous shape. (laughs) They have Bradley Beal who's earning about $25 million and is going to look for an extension. They have John Wall who's going to earn like $45 million and isn't going to play next year. 
So they're rebuilding. Plain and simple, they're rebuilding. So they don't need a Brandon Clark. They don't need a guy that can come in right away. They don't need a Rui Hachimura, another Gonzaga forward, that can come in right away. They are looking for a guy that can grow with them. So I have them taking Jackson Hayes, the freshman center out of, out of Texas. I saw Hayes last year for the first time, and I was quite impressed by him. He has a lot, a lot of bounce. Now, can he, can he deal with that bounce? Can he play with the rest of the team? Maybe not yet, but he's going to be able to grow with that team. So with him, I have him going to the, the Washington Wizards with the, with the ninth pick. The tenth pick, we're back to Atlanta. Or we're back to some other team that is looking for young talent that's made a trade for 8 and 10. So I have Siku Zomboya. And I will tell you flat out, I know nothing about this guy. I know he's from France. I know he has a ton of talent because he's the top European player in, in the draft. But he's 6'9 he's out of Guinea. And he, he's 210. So he's the same as Cam Reddish. Cam Rouse is 6'8", 208. Sakuya Gamboya is 6'9", 210. I have him going to Atlanta as well. Minnesota. Minnesota is capped out, needs help, has nowhere to go. They have Andrew Wiggins earning a boatload of money. They can't trade him. He may be the most untradeable player in the NBA with that contract. So I give them the most ready player available, and that's Brandon Clark the forward out of Gonzaga. And now we're up to Charlotte. And Charlotte's got – Charlotte is very much like Minnesota, a completely capped out team. They're going to re-sign Kemba Walker to a boatload of money. Whether he's worth it or not is a different story. They are extreme, extremely lucky that he is willing to take less than the Supermax, which he is entitled to. He could be, he could be earning $42 million next, in two years. But he says he's going to take less. That being said, they have always been a team that looks like the Frank Kaminsky, the guy, the senior or the junior, the, the, the college player. They don't really take a shot on, on a boatload of talent. They more likely just stay with what they got. And higher, ceil, higher floor, but lower ceiling. And with that, I have been taking Rui Hachimura, the Gonzaga um, the Gonzaga forward. Okay, we're up to 13. Unlucky 13, Miami. Miami is, again, capped out. All these, some of these teams are ridiculously capped out. And they, they were capped out because in 2016, there was a boatload of money available, and some of these teams made just poor choices. Charlotte made one with Nicholas Batum. Minnesota made one with Andrew Wiggins. Miami made one with Hassan Whitehead. And here they are looking for a guy that, can, that they hope can grow into a legitimate star. And the problem with their team is that they can never be low enough to be really bad or high enough to be really good. So I have them taking Nasir Little out of North Carolina. Little did not produce in the way that, that 
Roy Williams thought he was going to produce this year. But I'll tell you, he's got talent. He's got a lot of talent. I wouldn't be surprised if he was one of those guys that actually went higher than I have him today. Okay, we're up to Boston. Boston with with no Al Horford opting out today. Kyrie Irving probably not coming back. Their point guard rotation is now Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart. There's a third guard, and I can't remember his name. Hold on a second. Got to get the Boston roster up. Sorry, guys. There's a third guard, and I'm just blanking on on his name. We're going to get in a second. Sorry about that. Rozier, Marcus Smart. And who does not one? I'm missing it. Oh, and Brad Wanamaker. Those are your three guards. If you're, which means you have a Marcus Smart who can't shoot, you have a Terry Rozier who can't shoot, and you've got a Wanamaker who's a point guard. You need shooting. 100% shooting. The best shooter left is Tyler Hero, which is a perfect name for somebody that's going to Boston. Okay, Detroit. Detroit has the Twin Towers with Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. They have a point guard in Reggie Jackson, and they have very little shooting. Romeo Langford, who was a freshman at Indiana, came in, and everybody thought he was going to be a top-five pick in the draft this year. He suffered from a lot of injuries last year. He's 6'6", 215, swingman, perfect for this type of offense. And I have him going right here, 15, to Detroit. So let me put that in. If I could spell it correctly. Okay, number 16 to Orlando. Orlando, always, they, they have a lot of upfront talent with Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon. Lots of money spent in, in the front court. Not lots of money spent in the back court. And I think they take a risk here. I do. I think, I think they take Kevin Porter Jr. out of USC. Kevin Porter Jr. has what scouts say is, the, is one of the top five talents in the, in the draft. He just isn't there. He, just, he didn't play well last year on, on USC. He then got suspended, then came back, still didn't play well. Yeah, him and Marcus Fultz in the backcourt, I think will be a good combination if Fultz can get himself right. And so I have, Mark, I have Kevin Porter going number 16 to Orlando. Number 17, we're back to Atlanta. Number th- The third pick in the draft for them. So far, what I have for them is 8 and 10. I have a small forward in Cam Reddish and a swing person, swing, swing guy, um, a 6'9 guy in Siku Deboya. They, do, they, have not, they have not picked up anybody in the backcourt. So the question is, do they pick up somebody right now in the backcourt? To go with Trey, John, Trey Young, I have them taking Keldon Johnson, the freshman, out of Kentucky here to shore up that backcourt. And again, does Atlanta want to take three, three freshmen? Not three freshmen, sorry, three first-year players. I think you're going to look at them either taking, making a trade, which they should, or picking somebody maybe, possibly, from um, – from overseas, where they can stash them. Okay, 
So we're up to number 18 in Indiana. Indiana has some backcourt issues with Victor Oladipo. Hurts still. But this is the place where there are, in my opinion, a lot of frontcourt players, but not so many backcourt players. So do you take – I mean, the next backcourt guy I got is Ty Jerome, and he's way down the list. Are you taking a – are you moving to a reach for position at this point? Or are you just playing the best player available? And in my opinion, when you're down here at 18, 17, 18 – you're taking the best player available. You can't afford to reach. So if you're not reaching, you really need to be looking for the best, like I said, the best player available. And the best player available right here is Bull Bull. And people are like, who is Bull Bull? He sounds familiar. Well, he is. He's Manute Bull's son. He is the biggest boom bust player in this draft. The issue is with number 18 is that this is Indiana. In Indiana, excuse me, sorry, I, I, for some reason the music just came out. When you're dealing with Indiana, the last thing Indiana needs is another center. They have Arvidas Sabonis' son, I can't, uh, Demarius Sabonis, they have Miles Turner. They don't, need a, they don't need a center. Do they go for a stash? Do they look at Goga Bataze, the Georgia center? And I don't mean Georgia in the U.S. I mean Georgia everywhere else. They don't. So I think they go small forward and they look at P.J. Washington, who can be a combo guard, a combo forward, small and big at 18. Number 19, and here we are. Oh, I did have a guard. Huh. I had Mikhail Alexander-Walker. I had him left. I'm going to take him there. So we'll put Walker at 18 to Boston, uh, to Indiana, and then San Antonio takes, as San Antonio always does, the, an international player in Goga Bataze, which is great for them because they need a center to go with LaMarcus Aldridge, who does not like playing center. And now we're at Boston. Well, Boston so far has taken number 14, Tyler Hero. That's who they've taken. Number 14, Tyler Hero. They still have another pick at 22, so they have 20 and 22. So at 20, I have them taking Ball Ball. Because I think that if there is a team that is willing to take a shot on a player and hope to maximize it, it is Danny H. Now, this is a team, three, three first-round picks for Boston. And we talked about teams that need low-cost infusion. There are very few teams that are like Boston, which have a whole lot of veterans a whole lot of guys that are earning a whole lot of money, including two guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who will earn more money in the future. And now they need to replenish the reserves. So Bobo goes to Boston. And now we're at Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City I have down for P.J. Washington. 
Wait a second. Nope. All right. Yeah. 17, 16. Yeah. The Kaze Bowl, P.J. Washington going to Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City needs a guy like Ruben Patterson. Uh, sorry, Patrick Patterson, who is on Oklahoma City, but is getting older in time, older in age. P.J. Washington is a perfect substitute at 6'8", 30. I think this is a perfect mesh. Now we're back to Boston at 22. So Boston has now taken a guard, a center, and we've got to give him a forward, right? So we give him Mufundu Tabangele, the sophomore forward, 6'10", out of Florida State. And again, this is perfect for them because with Horford getting older, this is a guy that can, that can learn from him. Now we're into Utah. Utah is always an interesting team where they like to pick older guys. They picked Grayson Allen. One year they picked Dante Exum, and that, look how that turned out. So we're going to give them Cam Johnson, the grad student, out of Utah. With the hopes that number 23 may get traded for, to the Grizzlies. Because I'd really like to see Michael Conley wind up in Utah. I think that would be great. Okay, now we're at Philadelphia. Philadelphia doesn't need much today. But who knows what they're going to need in a couple of weeks. You got Tobias Harris as a free agent. You have Jimmy Butler as a free agent. I think they're going to go for another forward just to, just to, to guard against those two defections. And they go for Grant Williams out of Tennessee. And He's the perfect guy for that town. He is a Charles Oakley type guy. 6'8", 240, bangs, doesn't need the ball in his hands, perfect for them. And now we're on to Portland. Portland has to shore up against an injury. Last year they had uh, Joseph Nurchik, and they played very well into the playoffs, and then Nurchik got hurt. And I think they have to guard against him not being able to come back next year. They have, oh, it's either a Plumley. I think it's a Plumley. They, they, yeah, it's got to be a Plumley. They have a Plumley that helps them, but I'm pick, I'm giving them the center out of Georgia. Nick Claxton, seven foot two seventeen, not really all that big, but is can move without the ball. And so he goes to Portland with number 25. Number 26 to Cleveland. We're back on Cleveland. Cleveland had the five pick in the draft, and now they have the 26th pick in the draft. With the five pick in the draft, I gave them Darius Garland, which I thought is going to be a trade. And if that is a trade with, say, the Hawks, they would get Reddish and Demboya, according to this. So, they don't have a lot of slots, and I think that they probably pick somebody that they won't have to bring over. So I have them having Luka Samanek out of Croatia. Number 27 to the Brooklyn Nets. So the Brooklyn Nets got this pick from, I don't know who they got this pick from. Oh, Denver last year for taking on Daryl Arthur. So the 27th pick in the draft. I have them taking Eric Paschal, the senior power forward, out of Villanova. And this is a good pick for them because they need bodies right now. And this meets with their timeline with Levert 
And if they don't re-sign D'Angelo Russell and get Kyrie Irving, they're all around the same age. I really actually love this pick for them. Okay, so we are on to 28, and 28 is the Golden State Warriors. Well, wow, Golden State, where have where are you gone? You started with Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant in 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 the finals, and now you have neither. So you need a shooting guard. You just need shooting because you need to replace that. So I'm giving you Ty Jerome out of Virginia, and Ty Jerome is perfect for that. He's a ready-made NBA backup point guard. He's 6'5", 194. He can shoot it. He comes from Virginia. He, he plays within the system, and it's perfect for Golden State who needs somebody to play within their system. Okay, we are on 29. 29 is to the Spurs again. And the Spurs can, can take some time here. They, already, they just had a first-round pick, and they picked the center. And now they have a second first-round pick. So I think they'd take Chuma Akike. He was Auburn's best player in the NCAA tournament. And he's not going to – he's probably going to redshirt this year, but they're probably okay with him redshirting this year in an effort to get younger. And now we have the Bucks, and the Bucks need shooting. That's it. Because they need as much as they can around – around Giannis and how much they can actually keep Giannis happy in the upcoming years before he has to sign that Supermax next year. So with that in mind, I have them taking Dylan Windler, the Belmont senior, six foot eight, one ninety six. Seems a lot for a guy that can shoot, but he shot thirty nine percent from three-point land as a senior, 42% as a junior, and 42% – oh, sorry. Sorry, 39% as a sophomore, 42% as a junior, and 43% as a senior. He's a gunner. It's exactly what Minnesota uh, – exactly what Milwaukee needs, especially, especially if they lose Brooke Lopez and especially if they lose Nico Merchak. This is the perfect guy for them to be able to spread the floor along with Middleton and the rest of the and Malcolm Brogdon if they're able to re-sign him as well. Wow, I just went through 30 picks. That was pretty good. So we have about five minutes to go, and I'm tired, but we can keep going here for five more minutes. Number one, congratulations to the Rangers. Yes, Mitch, if you're listening, you heard that right. Congratulations to the Rangers, who pulled off an amazing trade yesterday. Jacob Trota from Winnipeg for the number 20 pick and a number six defenseman. Man, why can't the Islanders ever make a trade like that? Why can't we ever get the good guy and give up the draft pick? I would have traded number 23 for Trudeau. But the one thing that is troubling, and you'll see this throughout the NHL, the NHL free agency, is how much money is being spent 
on individual players? And how much of the cap is being utilized by individual players? Point, case in point, Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson is probably the best defenseman in the NHL, certainly offensively. Victor Hedman was probably the best defensive defenseman in the NHL. He just signed yesterday an eight-year contract worth $11.5 million for a guy that this year played 66 games and has been perpetually injured over the course of time. Eight years and $11.5 million. Now, understand that the NHL cap is much smaller than any other cap. It's about, it should come in around $83 million this year. So $11 million from an $83 million cap, that's 12, almost 12% of the cap is being brought on to one player and not, and, and not a player that plays every day. If you wanted to tell me that you were giving that to a Connor McDavid or you were giving that to a John Tavares, and I still, look, that's a lot of money for the cap. But each of those players, except for the one big injury that McDavid had, had, plays in 80 games a year, 75 to 80 games a year. And McDavid's like 24 years old. Carlson is 29 years old and has not done that in a very long time, a couple of years. So he's 29, you're giving him an eight-year contract worth almost 12% of the cap for a team, San Jose, who starts for cap room to begin with. Why is this impressive for the Rangers so much? Truba is 25 years old, and you're getting a, easily a number three or a number four defenseman, potentially a number one or a number two defenseman, and you're going to probably sign into $8 million a year, 10% of the cap. But remember, he's 25, and he's played every game. That, my friends, is good trading. Brad Gordon, congratulations. That is good trading. To the Islanders who have re-signed Jordan Eberle and Brock Nelson, I'm very happy with the signings. $6 million for Brock, $5.5 for Eberle, certainly below cap, below what they would get in free agency. And I'm very happy to see that players are now returning to the Islanders. And I don't want to hear that Franz Nielsen wasn't going to return. He was. Well, Detroit just offered him more money. And you know what? I'm glad they didn't give him the more money because right now Franz Nielsen is going to be a horrible, horrible contract in the next couple of years. So next week we will go into NBA free agency because it's going to start. June 30th is start date. And I'm so looking forward to that. We'll recap the draft. Seth will uh, have his picks at some point. Um, send them to me, and so I'll put them into my database. See how badly we both turned out. And then we will also have uh, a preview of – we'll have the free agency for the NBA, a recap of the NHL draft, and a preview of NHL free agency that occurs the next week as well. And then we have July 4th. Uh, the following week, where we talk about what happened on June 30th. So we recap, the, we recap the madness that it is. Thank you so much to my brother, Mitch, for calling in. You're absolutely right. LeVar Ball is a hindrance, but again, I think the Lakers played more into it. To those people that called in, 
that were using rude language and offensive to language to those that are listening, please, I implore you, this is a family show. Once in a while we slip up, we use a bad word. But we certainly don't talk, we don't talk that way about anybody else. We respect everybody's feelings. We would hope that you would do the same. But we do appreciate you listening. For Seth Kamins, who's not here, this has been Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com, Blog Talk Radio, Seth and Sean Sports. We love having you guys listen. We're always available on Facebook or Twitter, Seth and Sean Sports. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll talk to you next one. Bye-bye.